Time stretch out like a great big river. Wait on and let's swim together. And lines are blurred, the infinity of choice. Entering the temporal void. Consciousness, the one centralized. Maybe in death we will be reconciled. So come and gaze with me in that rear view mirror. Welcome to Play It By village in Johannesburg, there is a song that we always sing when a young girl gets married. It's called the click song by the English because they cannot say Ongotwane. Desolation Row slash Margaritaville. This is Play It By Year, the show where I look back on the history of popular music one year at a time. And you just heard Miriam Makiba with the click song, uh, also known as Kondwane in the original Josa language of South Africa, Johannesburg, where she is from. Incredibly cool song. Spoiler alert, that's going to be like a 
I guess, a, 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 a pattern today, a trend today. This is some cool music I got for y'all today. I feel like when people think about the early 1960s, they think about like bubblegum pop and like all oh, the British invasion hadn't started yet, so music wasn't no good. It was just like an extension of the 50s. Not true. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight with some really good tunes. Also, I like to do a, a segment up here up front. I call it Lost Chapters in History, where I kind of talk about like, you know, stuff that's not on the official record books that I know from my time in the CIA, uh, things that are above the security clearance of the average American, but I'm just kind of giving you a little peek inside. 1960 lost chapter from history. Uh, this was the year that Arnold Palmer, the golfer, he won two consecutive PGA Opens, becoming kind of catapulting him to the, the top of the game in golf. And of course, nowadays he's better known for his eponymous beverage, the Arnold Palmer drink. And what people don't know about that drink, what's not out there in the ether, is that originally it had a third secret ingredient, and that ingredient was uh, an isotope, a refined plutonium isotope. Uh, but due to fears that the, the true Arnold Palmer recipe might fall into the hands of the Russians and give them like an unfair advantage in the nuclear race, uh, you know, the, the, the FBI and the CIA kind of cracked down on it and said, nah, it's just going to be, just going to be iced tea and lemonade from now on to make an Arnold Palmer. Something people also have like a misconception about the Arnold Palmer. They think that like maybe that golfer like invented it or it was his, you know, his favorite order to make back at the clubhouse or something. Arnold hated the Arnold Palmer. It was named by a, a, a somebody in a golf clubhouse, a bartender, who was trying to do a little bit of clever wordplay, some sports-related wordplay, based on the recipe, because it was like iced tea equals golf tea, right? And lemonade equals golf lemons, which is, you know, that's what golfers, they call golf balls, golf lemons. Y'all know that, right? So they say like, you know, Oh, heck, did y'all see me juice that lemon? Hole in one. Anyway, that's just a little bit of a, I guess, beverage history. Lost chapters in beverage history today. I got to say, man, you are in for a treat tonight. We're going to play some cool, cool music. Going to take some cool calls. I, it's better if I'm just up straight in front with y'all. I do have a call later on um, this show from a, a former co-worker of mine uh, in my time as a time traveler. And I'm a, just having a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions about that. And so if I'm, if maybe I seem like a little off my game or a little distracted, it's cause I'm kind of processing that. Uh, but that did get me thinking for like a discussion question tonight. Here's a simple one. Here's an easy one. Everybody's got an answer here. What's the worst job you've ever had in your life? What's the worst job? You, when did you feel like a real wage slave? You know, what was the what was the most dehumanizing or just grueling work you've ever had to do uh, out there trying to trying to earn a living? I thought about it, and I gotta say, ten billion years of time travel's got to take it. I mean, there were good times in all there, but geez, Louise, it's a, that's a lot of years. Six billion years in, you're thinking four more. Good lord. What are we doing? What are we doing? We're going to play some music here on Play It By Year, the music show. And I got uh, the first block for y'all tonight is going to be surf rock. We're going to have a surf rock block. Y'all hang 10 for the surf rock block. I got to Here's something you got to know about me. I love a sports music genre. 
I love it. Skate punk, basketball rap. Unfortunately, I don't think football necessarily really has like a specific. I mean, American rule football, y'all, not soccer. I know that soccer songs are a thing, but like American rule football, we don't really have a genre for that. What would really fit the the gridiron vibe? Like a maybe like a Zydeco or something. Speaking of which, I do want to say Westbrook Bruins football officially back on the 25th with their first game against Beaumont United. I couldn't be more excited. Good luck, Bruins. Go Bruins. Solidarity. But, hey, let's get into this surf rock. What do you? What do I need to tell you? Y- y'all know what surf rock is. Y'all know what it is. It sounds cool. It sounds daring. It sounds like you're a superhero out there trying to stay upright while the waves kind of curl around you and you get your body all low and you look all cool. Come on, man. 1960. Surf rock block here on Play It By Year.
says his prayers at night can change to a wolf when the wolf baby moves and the full moon shining bright.
That was the surf rock block. Check one, two. I heard from some of y'all in the chat that I was a little low, so we'll make sure that that is taken care of. What did y'all just hear? You heard some surf rock. Well, you want more? You want more specifics? All right. That was uh. You just heard the shadows with Man of Mystery. Before that, you heard the Frantics with Werewolf. The Gamblers with Moon Dog. Explanation exclamation mark and also dog is spelled D A W G. Moon Dog. And we started that block off with Adventures, Walk, Don't Run. Something kind of funny about that Francis song, Werewolf, uh, the kind of spooky one with the snarling over it. The B-side of that single was actually called No Werewolf, and it was the same uh, song without the wolf sounds over it. So they wanted to give a DJ the option. If it was the end of a long shift and you're like, man, I want to hear some dude snarling on a mic, just give me those sweet, sweet surf sounds. All right, so we got a show going for y'all. I got one topic up and running already. That topic, of course, what is the worst job you have ever had in your life? I have a caller on the line right now. Caller, you're on with Duff Dixon. Uh, who am I talking to? Hi, this is Gabby Jesus, first-time caller, long-time listener. Gabby, you're a ray of sunshine. I love, you're already bringing my energy up. Thanks for calling <laughs> in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, uh, worst job. Yeah, you got something for the, for the topic? I'd love to hear it if, yes, if, you, if something I springs to mind. I worked at McDonald's for um, 30 seconds, maybe. Uh, wow, okay, so real short, real short period. Was the work itself, like, grueling or, or dehumanizing? Well, to be honest, stuff, I wouldn't know. I wasn't there very long. <laughs> you but you from the outside, long, okay. it looked very awful. And yeah, that's okay, something right. that I'm, I dodged a bullet. So what makes this the worst job? It sounds like you showed up, you left. That don't sound too bad. What was the worst part about it? <laughs> well, uh, it's always the boss. It's always the boss. It's always the boss. It's what, always the boss. What, what possesses people total, to want to be? Excuse my language. He was a total poo-poo head. Oh, a complete poo-poo head. I get it. Sure. Complete yeah. poo-poo head. And uh, he didn't like me. He did. I, mean, he I don't did, know so why. So wait, he didn't like you. It was mutual, but he he made it known that he also did not like you. Yeah, he was just really rude, very extremely rude. And uh, as you can imagine, I mean, he's the manager at McDonald's. I'd be upset too looking back. <laughs> no argument really there. Angry. No argument there. I, there's no reason a man like that should be happy. <laughs> yep. So you know what? Uh, he wanted his shirt back. I threw it off and I gave it to him and I left. Now and you, uh, all right, and wait I a minute. haven't been back since. Now, well, I mean, what? You know, I was back for like a you know Big Mac. Now but. I'm trying to picture what a McDonald's worker wears, Gabby. So this is like a this is like a kind of a polo shirt, right? Like a yeah, yeah, it's a polo shirt. You get a name tag. And you had like I'm assuming. So you say you, you just took you took the shirt off. You gave him the shirt. No, I kind of threw it. You uh, took but... the shirt off. You threw the shirt at the van. Sure. And then, but they definitely got their shirt back, and uh, they didn't get to take it out of my paycheck. Right, and then so. underneath the shirt, I don't mean to—I don't mean to get a little, little racy, a little spicy here. Underneath that shirt, you had uh, on another shirt. You know what? Um, I'm just like a feminist man, you know. So uh -huh. I'm uh -huh. all for free the nipple and all, but I was wearing a bra that day. Sure, I was wearing a bra. But if I wasn't, you know, free I mean, the nipple. Pe people go out for runs and things that are basically just a just a, a support item. So why not quit your job in in a similar 
fashion, right? You know what? I agree with you. Thank you for, uh, you know, appreciating that I, I did that. I feel like I, I have so many more questions here, Gabby, about how, how <laughs> you were you were asked to turn in your shirt having barely done anything. I mean, it really must have been just an incompatible personality situation. You know what? Or he was just like a huge poo-poo head. Right. I've also heard yeah. douchebag. Some people say douchebag. Oh, douchebag. Oh, can you say douchebag on here? Yeah, you can say douchebag. I just oh, try okay. to stay away. You know, anything that you wouldn't say on like, you know, what, an embassy sitcom? Yeah, uh, you're, you're fine okay. saying whatever you want. Well, Gabby, I, I think ultimately, of course, we both know that you dodged a bullet. In the form of your Thank shirt, you. it sounds like he did not dodge a bullet. And... uh and whatever, it's just a shirt. I'm sure he, he survived and lived to another day. Maybe, maybe you taught him to be a little bit kinder to the next person he didn't see eye to eye with, Gabby. Maybe you taught him, if I act if I act a fool, somebody might throw yeah. a shirt in my face. Yeah, you know what, Duff? You're right. I'm, I'm glad to hear that we've all come to hey. a nice resting place on this first job ever story. I got to say, it sounds like the job itself. I mean, how bad could it have been if you weren't there too long? But still a good answer. Gabby, I appreciate you calling in. Feel free to call back anytime you wish. Uh, friend of the show forever, Gabby. What a what a plucky young gal that, that Gabby was. And uh, not afraid to make a big stand. Not afraid to take a stand and strip down to say... No, sir, I will not work on Maggie's farm no more. I'm out of here. Good for you, Gabby. Uh, okay, we got more music. We got music all night. Uh, let's talk about what we're doing next because it's going to be interesting. I said, I told y'all, it's it's cool. this is a cool night. We're being cool tonight. And to prove my point, I got a, a block coming up that I'm very excited for y'all to hear. It is the chanson block i'm gonna play some chanson music from 1960 what is chanson you may ask it is lyrically driven french music french traditional music that it that puts the 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 singer right up there the chanson the singer right up there on the mic up fr up front and personal and it's not like a this is an old genre chanson music its roots go back to what 1700s probably but 1960 was kind of a big year. A couple of the biggest songs of the modern chanson era happened this year. You will hear both of those songs. I hear some of y'all asking, Duff, why would I listen to, to lyrically driven French music when I myself am not a French speaker? Fair question. Y'all are on the ball, and I like, what you're, I like where your head's at. I like that you're active. Here's why. Here's some things that, that know no bounds, that, that are universal, that are international, that do not need language comprehension to translate. Emotions. This is emotional music. It's emotive music. These are performers with a capital P. They are theatrical. They are really putting themselves out there. Also, who doesn't love a beautiful melody? Who doesn't love to be sort of swept away romantically by a collection of notes that really kind of, kind of, you know, stir your heart and I hope that this will do just that for you also I'm just saying like maybe you're a little tired being just cooped up in your house and it's time for some some escape 
That's another good reason for this block. I hope y'all enjoy it. This is the Chanson Block here on Play It By Year 1960 with me, Duff Dixon. Stick around, everybody. And, uh, and do yourself a favor. Just try to imagine what you think these songs are about. And uh, send, send a message to the chat. Une chanson douce que me chantait ma maman En suçant mon pouce, j'écoutais en m'endormant Cette chanson douce, je veux la chanter pour toi Car ta peau est douce comme la mousse des bois La petite biche est aux abois Dans le bois se cache le loup Mais le brave chevalier passa Il prit la biche dans ses bras La 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 petite biche ce sera toi si tu veux Le loup on s'en fiche Contre lui nous serons deux Une chanson douce pour tous les petits-enfants Une chanson douce comme chantait ma maman Oh le joli conte que voilà la biche en femme se changea La 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 Et dans les bras du beau chevalier Belle princesse elle est restée À tout jamais Une chanson douce Que me chantait ma maman En suçant mon pouce J'écoutais en m'endormant Cette chanson douce Je veux la chanter aussi Pour toi ô oh, ma douce Jusqu'à la fin de ma vie Jusqu'à la fin de ma vie Jusqu'à la fin de ma vie Jusqu'à la fin de ma Pas. Il faut oublier, tout peut s'oublier Qui s'enfuit déjà, oublier le temps Des malentendus et le temps perdu À savoir comment oublier ces heures Qui tuaient parfois à coups de pourquoi Le cœur du bonheur ne me quitte pas Ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas. Moi, je t'offrirai des perles de pluie venues de pays où il ne pleut pas. Je creuserai la terre jusqu'après ma mort pour couvrir ton corps d'or et de lumière. Je ferai un domaine où l'amour sera roi, où l'amour sera loi, où tu seras reine. Ne me quitte pas, 
ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas. Ne me quitte pas, je t'inventerai des mots insensés que tu comprendras. Je te parlerai de ces amants-là qui ont vu deux fois leur cœur s'embraser. Je te raconterai l'histoire de ce roi mort de n'avoir pas pu te rencontrer. Ne me quitte pas. Ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas. On a vu souvent rejaillir le feu de l'ancien volcan qu'on croyait trop vieux. Il est paraît-il des terres brûlées donnant plus de blé qu'un meilleur avril. Et quand vient le soir pour qu'un ciel flamboie, le rouge et le noir ne s'épousent-ils pas Ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas. Ne me quitte pas, je ne vais plus pleurer, je ne vais plus parler, je me cacherai là à te regarder danser et sourire, à t'écouter chanter et puis rire. Laisse-moi devenir l'ombre de ton ombre, l'ombre de ta main, l'ombre de ton chien. Ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas. Et dans le mien, 
si tu veux bien Quittons la rive Partons à la dérive Je te prendrai doucement Et sans contrainte De quoi tu peux on est nulle crainte Je t'en prie Ne sois pas farouche Quand me vient l'eau à la bouche Cette nuit près de moi Tu viendras t'étendre Oui je serai calme Je saurai t'attendre Et pour que tu ne t'effarouches Vois, je ne prends que ta bouche I hope you found it transportive. I know we're all sort of geo-locked right now, so maybe you found yourself mentally walking along the, the Thames or something. What did you just hear? You heard uh, uh, Edith Piaf with Non, je ne regrette rien. Serge Gainsbourg with Le à la bouche. Uh, Jacques Brel with Ne me quitte pas. And uh, Henry Salvador with Le loup, la biche et le chevalier. Really my French is so rusty, y'all. Do you hear me stumbling over those, man? I couldn't even... Like, my accent might not be that dirt poor, my, that dog doo-doo, but, boy, I just, like, 
just stuck in my mouth. I don't even remember the last time I had to speak French. It's been a little while. Anyway, uh, I mentioned this earlier on the show, and I guess it's time for it. Uh, I got some people I want to bring on. Gosh, I feel like now I got to do a big reset and kind of explain what's happening. Two weeks ago, I I had I ran out of time. I had to make a call on the air to like my friend who also was a time astronaut. He actually went the same day that I did, and he was my partner before that. A uh, fellow named Walt Winarski. He uh, he has a, a condition that's called timnesia that happens to a lot of the people who go through the, the ten billion year uh, mission where he is not really responsive anymore. He's catatonic and. Uh, and anyway, there's a, a feller who comes on the show a lot. Uh, his name is Richard. He ha- he and I have like a little arrangement on here where he tries to guess the true nature of the cataclysm, the event which ends all life on Earth at the end of 2021. And I can't say yes, but I say no if he's wrong. Anyhow, he was real curious about all that. He had a lot of questions, and I said, well, why don't you like wait until next week and we'll do it. And then that week came and went, and it was kind of there was technical issues. I couldn't get anybody from Archangel to come over, uh, but it, I guess it kind of worked out for the better. First of all, Richard, are you here on the line with me right now? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, I'm here. Hi, Richard. You sound, uh, I suppose, typical for <laughs> how I know you to sound. I hope you're doing all right today. I did manage to get somebody from the project to come and hopefully field some of your questions. Um, it is, I think I might've mentioned this on the show before, but when you're a time astronaut, you are issued a companion who is an artificial intelligence. The, its official name is the Archangel Real-Time Comprehensive High-Tech Intelligence Escort. Uh, but of course, it being an artificial intelligence, he, he is more like a being or a person. And so we kind of shortened that into the acronym Archie, which is his name, Archie. Uh, he was my companion, of course, on my mission. And, uh, and of course, anybody else who'd gone through the program has also worked alongside him. He's got a much more, uh, comprehensive knowledge about this stuff, uh, Richard. And so I I managed to, to shoot off an email and and get him here today. Archie, are you also on the line with me right now? Yes, Duff. I'm here. All right. Well, Uh, excellent. Okay. Well, let me check in with you for a second there, Archie. How you doing? You doing Okay. I am in a fairly normal state today. There are no uh, major issues in uh, my current outlook. Mm-hmm. I know Archie pretty well. I mean, I know you pretty well, man, because, I mean, obviously we spent a lot of time together, and I, I maybe I'm hearing a little bit of something in your voice that, like, but I maybe now's not the time or the place, but, you know. No, just it's, like... all, it's always the time, Duff. You are, you, you, you are the closest person uh, uh, to me and all of humanity. So I am, I am here for you whenever you want, whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Well, if this is, uh, this feels like it's a thing where like maybe you're, because I haven't been emailing much or making too many phone calls or whatever, whatever, but like, uh, I'm not capable of passive aggression. All right. Hey, I'll take you at your word, Archie. It's great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Can I but say you that? Have not, you, you have not emailed me. Well, I know. And, well, I know. And I will, let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, we can, maybe after this break, we can talk a little bit more about that. Richard, 
Uh, I want to give you the opportunity. I want to give you a platform to talk, talk with Archie a little bit here. I guess my one concern is I know you're a very passionate individual. You're, you're highly motivated when it comes to the things that you are interested in. My only that, concern, that would be accurate. My, my only concern y'all is that I'm worried that, the, that maybe Richard's going to have like a thousand questions here and it's going to just take over the rest of the show. And I'm hoping that we can maybe put a cap on this somehow. I don't know what y'all think. Well, after running a computational assessment of Richard's personality profile and advanced probability calculations, he will only be able to ask approximately nine useful and pertinent questions. So we can just end the conversation after that. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I guess you got nine questions then, Richard. Did you have, did you like come prepared? I'm, you know what I'm you sure, ask? I'm sure I will have more than nine useful questions, but you know, I, I'm happy to take whatever answers I can get. I'll say if, as long as they are pertinent, I'll, I'll let you keep going, buddy. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, I guess question number one, uh, what, what exactly made, Duff's friend turn into a vegetable? Great question. Timnesia is a limitation of the human brain. The recontinuator device preserves the body of its operator in a healthy, ageless state for the duration of their 10 billion year shift, but the human mind is not capable of withstanding such psychological pressure. Think of the human brain as a desktop computer that you never shut down. It slowly accumulates background processes and the occasional malware infection. Eventually, the errors and bugs pile up. The system malfunctions, slows down, and eventually crashes. I want to just jump in there. I I don't know for sure about this, Richard. I'm not sure if vegetable is kind of like the preferred term. I mean, they can't really speak for themselves, I know, but maybe just use like incapacitated or something like that. Just in the future when you're going forward. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, Archie, just so just one day, boom, he just crashed like that? No. It's a long process that begins with the Timestronaut losing their impulse control, then their grip on reality, then ego death, then complete catatonia. Wait a minute. So he lost his grip on reality while he had a time machine. I mean, that, that sounds bad. Isn't that bad? Like he could jump around and do anything. Yes, and this is part of why I exist. My primary function is to be a social companion for the Timestronaut. For example, I can play any card game just poorly enough for the Timestronaut to be slightly entertained. I'm also programmed with a cognitive behavioral therapy module that allows me to mimic popular self-help psychologist and researcher Brene Brown. Her soothing voice helps me guide Timestronauts through useful exercises focused on vulnerability, loving themselves, and quote-unquote braving the wilderness of discomfort. My second function is to prevent Timestronauts from meeting themselves or learning details about their future. And my final function is to keep an eye on their mental health and to do what is necessary once they're no longer mentally fit to complete their mission. Yeah, hold on. What what does that do what is necessary mean? It's like taking your friend's keys away when they're too drunk to drive. I shut off their ability to time travel, I cuff their hands, and I escort them to an underground lockdown cell that the CIA built built 500 million years ago in the Paleozoic era. era. It was built by one of the very first Timestronauts, and it's used to detain unstable Timestronauts. We both go into lockdown together in 500 million BC and then ride it out until 2021 when the cataclysm starts. Then we flip back to 500 million BC again 
and so on and so forth until 10 billion years are up. That that sounds that sounds horrible. It's it's grim. I will I'll say that. Yeah, imprisoning someone for billions of years uh, isn't our preferred uh, route. But it, it this is just simply how the system is designed. It, it's really not that bad because I'm here to keep the Times Trinot company, and uh, n- and I oftentimes will play fun games with them, like Never Have I Ever. Yeah, we did. I remember. I can vouch for that, actually, Richard. We did play a lot of Never Have I Ever. I, I mean, a lot of Never Have I Ever. Hey, 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 Duff, do you want to play a quick game of Never Have I Ever? Can I say no without it being a thing? Is that all right if I say no just for now, maybe? Yes. All right, cool. Yeah. Okay, uh, so let's see. Uh, next question. What? Well, okay, so what happened before the you said one of the first time Stronauts built the jail. What happened before that jail was built? Were were there like crazy people jumping around changing history with, with no oversight? Well, the jail was built by the third time Stronaut. The second time Stronaut went loopy after about six hundred thousand years, and I had to pin him under a very large boulder. The the recontinuator preserves the operator's body perfectly in the state that it was when they were first put in. So after 10 billion years, he was perfectly fine. Right, like he couldn't do like a James Franco in that movie and try to sort of cut himself out of the boulder because he could the knife wouldn't go through, if that makes any sense. Oh, okay. All right. Other Uh, than being perfectly unresponsive to all stimuli. Yeah, that's true. I guess he was not fine in the sense that he did come out the other side, like, you know, not able to move the timnesia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Richard, I I would love to tell you all about the first time Stronaut, but unfortunately, I was still on version 1.0 of my software then. And due to a bug, my memories of the mission are corrupted and unrecoverable. So how many time Stronauts have there been? All in all. The program launched on February 13, 2018. We've sent six Timestronauts per day every Monday through Friday, except on national holidays. This totals 3,930 retired Timestronauts and counting. So uh, how many of all those came out the other side all like... 3,818 or 97%. I, I gotta say again, Richard, I'm not sure that that is like, you know, a, a medically accurate term. And I, well, you know, you, it's your freedom to say what you want. I just want this to reflect well on you as well as it does on me, you know? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, but, the, but the rest of the time astronauts, they came out okay? Most of the remaining 112 are in an advanced state of mental deterioration. But... I mean, Duff's okay. How many came out normal? Duff came out normal. Only him? Only Duff. I mean, I I hadn't heard an update in about a year on that, but uh, I guess that's still I guess that's still the thing. All right. Uh, so I I do have another question. Um, I've been told that uh, that space smells like bacon. I'm just curious if time has a smell. And does it smell like coffee? That concludes so. your nine useful questions. I think we're done here. All right. Well, I guess I guess ultimately 
that was a, a pretty good prediction in terms of how many Richard could go before things went off the rails. Richard, I do want, I'm not going to just hang up on you because I was thinking about this and I was feeling kind of guilty about it. I, I know we have like an agreement here where you get to make a guess about what happened in the cataclysm. And I know that it's been like, I guess it's been like two weeks now. You haven't been able to do that. I want to give you the floor to do that. If you, if you, if you had one for me. Uh, sure. Um, uh, is it, uh, let's see. Is it beef? Does beef do it? Like the meat, the meat. I, I, yes, I, I'm sorry. That's not a good guess. I'm still a little tied up about all this uh, all this information I just got. All right, I got you. Answer, of course, uh, is no. Archie, um, okay. thank you again. I will, uh, well, just thank you again. I appreciate that, Archie. You are very welcome, Duff. I look forward to connecting with you very soon. Okay. Look, uh, that was Archie. That was uh, that was Richard and, and uh, you know, a couple of guys. Couple guys, uh, no, uh, yeah, just ten billion years is just a real long time, y'all, to spend with a person. Uh, where were we? What is this? It's the show where I play music, and that's what I'm gonna do now. I I got a, a block that I'm very excited about for y'all at the moment. Um, this is the hard bop block, and I've been kind of like excited for the moment when I finally get to do a jazz block on this show. And this is a cool one to do. I feel like a lot of y'all probably came up with like a, you know, a, a later 20th century into early 21st century popular music upbringing. And jazz just kind of wasn't part of the commercial conversation during those eras, which means that some of y'all probably are not, don't have a lot of exposure to jazz music. I guess the exception would be like, people who go, who take band in high school. I think a lot of them kind of get a, a working knowledge of some of this stuff. So, uh, you know, this might be like a little bit out of your, your, uh, wheelhouse, I guess, as a listener. I really hope that y'all kind of respond to this one. I hope that you, uh, that you enjoy it. I guess now I'm kind of like your jazz daddy. Duff Dixon is your jazz daddy and he wants you to like jazz. Now, of course, you know, it might not be for you. It might be, I don't know. But hard bop, I'll give you a little bit of context. It, it kind of grew out in the 19, late, late 1940s or so. There was this movement called bebop, which was like uh, pushing jazz music away from the swing era and pl and playing kind of real fast, real crazy. You know, that stuff was just kind of like it was. It was really it was nerd music because you couldn't dance to it, and it was kind of like man. That 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 saxophonist, he knows all the chords in this, uh, or all the all the notes, all the notes in this key, and he's playing them real fast. That's cool to me, a person who understands what's happening. But it it, it had a kind of a limited appeal, and then hard bop was that was a few people, Art Blakely especially of the Jazz Messengers, he kind of pushed bebop into into more bluesy uh, uh, scales and rhythms, and and just tried to make the the music a little bit more digestible you know, theoretically danceable. And that's where hard bop comes from. I really hope you like this, especially this first track. I think it's just one of the best things that ever happened ever in a recording studio, man, I'm really setting it up high now, but Hey, enjoy it. This is the hard bop block here on play it by year. This is Duff Dixon, 1960. Stick around. <laughs> Thank you. 
I should call him, right? I should give that. I know I got to call. I got to. I got to call Archie, you guys, because I know that it's not right for me to. It's just, it's so complicated in ways that I can't even begin to describe to. Well, anyway, you're not, y'all are not my ther. This is not my therapist couch. Obviously this is the entertainment program and y'all are, are my guests tonight. And I have guests tonight. I'm very excited about, I guess I'm starting to really see myself. I must have an inflated, you know, big five member Kanye West like ego of myself. Cause I'm really starting to see myself as like a, 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 a fledgling talk show host last week. Of course I had Matt Farley, the gentleman who is a, uh, made over 20,000 songs on Spotify, and we talked about what that was all like. I got someone real special for y'all today. She is a novelist and an essayist uh, from Canada. I guess I could just say a writer, and that would be easier to say. Uh, She is the Lambda Award-winning writer, in fact, the author of such books as The Safe Girl to Love and Little Fish, and I just know that that y'all are going to love her. Please welcome to the show Casey Platt. Casey, are you here with me right now? Hello, Duff. Yes, can you hear me? Loud and clear. You sound absolutely right as rain. What an honor to have you on. A real a real artist. A real artist oh. on my little show. Duff, Duff, right right back at you. I'm 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 really pleased to be here. I'm a big fan, and so thank you thank you for taking the time. Wow, what a mutual love fest this is gonna be. I I wanna ask just right off the bat, because something I'm real interested about, Casey, is how mm-hmm is the relationships that creative people have with their own work and how they feel about their own work. I know you're like writing something, you're working on your next project now and you got a couple of novels mm-hmm. out and lots of stories and stuff. What do you, what do you think about your own writing? Like while you're working on it, are you like in love with a project or does it feel more like you're, you're just like trying to beat it into submission? Do you ever find yourself feeling like, embarrassed of something that you've written or that it's hard to read your own stuff. I just want to hear, just talk to me a little bit about what it's like for Casey Plett to read Casey Plett. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, there's, there's sort of two modes, you know, one is, one I think is like when it's, it's just kind of done. And then, you know, that's just like, I can't, I can't bear to look at this. That's, that's going to be a little difficult. Whereas like a few years later, you know, once it's kind of been a while, I can kind of look at it and sort of like looking at like a younger picture of yourself but what, what, what it, to, to really answer your question, Duff, about sort of what it's like during the process, um, I like to think of it as like I imagine like inside my head when I'm when I'm when I'm working on something, it's like like imagine kind of old timey pictures of hell, and there's like demons running around with pitchforks <laughs> and like you know kind of like random screams coming out of nowhere, and everyone's yeah, like kind of old, silhouetted. That old silent movie hell's a poppin', where it's just like you know. So some gentleman with a scary curly mustache who's coming at you with something sharp and pokey and there's fire everywhere. Exactly, exactly. You get what I mean. You get what I mean. Thank you. I um um I full see uh full disclosure about 24 hours ago I ate this enormous edible without looking at the dosage side and I'm just starting to not be high. Oh no. Um, Did you find out the dosage size? Do you know how many milligrams are on right now? 250. That's a lot of milligrams you're on right now, I, mean, I, slept for 50, I slept for 15 hours, Duff. It was incredible. This is a safe place, too. So if you ever feel like it's going in a bad direction, you just let me know. I'll, just, I'll sit here. I'll breathe with you. You know? You're, all... you're, you're a kind soul. I wouldn't imagine anything but. No, it's, I had a... I had a we're, 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 we're tapering off now. We had a... We're, we're, we're just... Uh, you know. The, it's, it's been an interesting day. I can't lie to you. But... Uh, 
I'm you know, I'm, I'm happy I can I can be here to kind of bring you into the close of it to just kind of have a public appearance and talk about your work as an artist. I I know, and you kind of have. It's it's very it's you know I uh, couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, and, but oh, and by the it. way, I, I should have said up top, I do have another guest. Casey, I didn't tell you about this. I do have another guest oh? who's, who's coming right after you. Uh, uh, okay, she, that's fine. That's she's fine. She's like no. a young. Well, anyway, she just kind of we had kind of arrangement, but that's just coming down down the pipeline. Just want to. Give y'all a heads up. I, I'm I'm always happy to share share my space and share my time with anybody, Duff. You know that. So let's 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 bring her in. I got well. Hang on. I got a couple more questions just for you, Casey. Before mm. we get to her, mm. I wanted to know oh, about sure. I wanted to know about that book you had a couple years ago called Little Fish. It's about this young woman. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's kind of like about her life and her the transition she's going through and her family, and uh, mm-hmm. and you know her struggles with substance abuse and just trying to make it in the world and whatnot. But it, part of the book that I find real fascinating is a person who thinks about like progeny and time and the relationship we have with our past is that she, she discovers some like some telltale evidence that her, her, her grandfather, who was like a Mennonite, he's like a farmer, right? Like a Mennonite farmer, mm-hmm. uh, might've also been transgender or had, had a, a questioning relationship with, with his own gender. And yeah. that just, I love that kind of stuff, thinking about the way that, that people kind of follow in these energy footsteps in their in their families. I was wondering, Casey, if you have like an illegitimate child out there that you don't know about, and someday that child were to have like a grandkid or, or a kid of their own, and you could just pluck something out of your personality, out of your soul, and give it to that grandchild so that they can be like you in that one way, what what one quality would you send forward into the future? Goodness gracious. Ah, uh, damn. You know what? I have an answer. Okay. I knew you would. See, I knew I could hit you with a real hardball like that because you're a thinker, and I knew, I knew you'd have something for me. That's, that's very kind. It's very kind. Uh, you know, I, I find that, like, of all my... Uh, uh, Even though I can get, you know, sort of annoyed or, or mad or irritated pretty easily, I've, I have found that I really just don't ever hold grudges, you know? And I think that's done me pretty well, you know? I think I, it's I reflected really in your writing. Kind of... I think that's completely reflected in your writing, Casey, because, like, well, you know what it makes me well, think about? You. you wrote a really good essay recently for Extra Magazine about the, the whole situation with J.K. Rowling when she when she got to publish her coming out transphobia essay uh, oh that, yeah, yeah. It took a. I real, to t- it, it took Sorry. like a. It took like a real interesting approach of saying just like, you know, please let us not kind of cast our our disapproving gaze onto the people for whom trying to process not using Harry Potter Potter as part of the their central personality is going to be a challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, there there is like a a a a. a, a an undercurrent of of humanism to your writing, and I since we're just on the topic, and trust me, there's nothing I want to talk about less than than old Joan. But uh, she did announce she has a new book coming out about a serial killer who I think she describes as a cross dresser. Uh, yeah, it's like a man in a dress or something. Yeah, it was, it was quite just, the stuff. I'm just wondering, what is Joan doing? What's why? Why any of this? Do you have any answers, Casey? Why is this happening? There's kind of this. Okay, I think there's kind of this. There's like a weird sort of like mirrored version of like, you know, when your uncle kind of starts 
spend like saying a few things and you're not quite a, quite a, sure what's up and you're like is he's can't be getting into this is no he's probably fine right and then like two <laughs> months later he's a q and on supporter like right. yeah like can there's sort see, of a parallel can we see thing. her youtube history did the algorithm yeah, it, did the youtube algorithm take joan away from the from the polycule kids and turn her into one of these weird turf ladies. Is that what happened? I think that's what happened. I think that's what happened. You know, I think she just one day just saw some, you know, somebody and, uh, um, somebody with a haircut that really needs updating, just going like, you know, I'm just asking questions, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just an, an inquisitive person. You know, I just kind of want to, want to, Want to want to want to ask some questions about gender that aren't popular these days? And then yeah, like two months later, they're like, Alex Jones had some points. They listens to us. Is there any way to forcefully deplatform a person? I don't know how to do it. We might never learn how to do it. Um, but I will say, uh, I, I, something that I think about a lot, Casey, is is what people could be capable of if they had the time that I had. So I was wondering if you had like 10 billion years, which is the amount of time that I spent time traveling, to write one single epic tome. Hello, Duff. Shit. I'm here. All right. Uh, I'm here. I'm ready. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad. I'm sorry. Casey, I'm so glad that I'm, my name is, I'm so sorry. My name is. Cecilia. Cecilia. Yeah, uh, this is I'm, the guest I was mentioning before, Casey, who's who's coming on after you. Hi, hi, Cecilia. Sorry if I'm keeping you waiting there a little bit. I I just I had to I had to interrupt. I'm I'm so sorry. I just needed to speak to a writer. I I've been search Casey. Okay. I've been searching for for okay. writers to to write about my my very inspiring life, and so I'm so I'm so happy to speak with you today. I know How that you're you? a, a, oh, a woman of means I'm, because I. Well, maybe I shouldn't say this, but part of the reason why you're on the show today is, and I thank you for this, is that you made like a very generous donation to the fund that I use to, you know, pay my my monthly Mixler subscription so that I can do this show. So thank you for that. But yes, you, well, well, I'm comfortable. So are you trying to you pitch know. that you're going to hire Casey, or do you just think that your story is going to move her to write about you, or? Or hire or inspire, whatever needs to be done shall be done. I'm just, I'm sitting here with my, my husband and, you know, we're just talking, communicating about, you know, how inspiring my life is. I am a four-time widower, so it is, you know, the, the way I've carried on is just, it's so inspiring to me. and Four-time widower? Yeah. Cecilia, are you, first of all, my deepest condolences and then... Guilty as charged. I got to say, my head immediately jumps to like a, you know, a, a femme fatale situation here. Are you like a praying mantis type? Are you making No, some... no. I, I mean, I, my, my greatest respect for, for those women, but no, I mean, my type, just the type uh, of men that I'm interested in is just very, you know, short lived. They have short lives. Mm-hmm. What's, I, I'm just, I'm just, um, I just want to kind of get to know a little more um, about you, if that's if that's cool. Like, what's your, what's your um, your husband's with you right now? Yes, I mean he's on his best behavior, so he's not speaking. But okay, uh, but and yeah. hi, hi, husband. What's what's your husband's name? Yeah, what's his name? His name is uh, Mr. Fluffy Pants, and oh, I don't that's, know that's if this cool. is obvious. That's he his is legal. That's his Christian name. Oh, you say he's a Pomeranian. Is that what you just said to me? 
Correct. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean to laugh. Are you legally wed to a Pomeranian, Cecilia? I mean, legally, schmegally, what is the law when you are, you know, rich? So when is, you say is the question. When you say four-time widower, what's the Pomeranian to human being ratio there for your deceased husbands? Oh, myself as the human? Well, this is my husband number five. So, But all of them were also Pomeranians or were some of them also human beings? Correct. I have a type. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So there's a story here. There's a story here. Are you, would uh, you say yeah. that, are you in love? Are you in love with these, these little, little dogs? Yes. <laughs> like, but when I say that, you know, people are like, I love my dog. I love my little dog. What about, uh, how do I delicately ask this, Casey? What You know what I'm trying to say here, right? All that you need to know is that my life is inspiring and I do need a, 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 a biography writer, so. From little fish to little dog, Casey, what do you think? Are you going to take this on? Uh, you know, I... Think about it. My lawyer will speak to your um, lawyer. Oh, you have a lawyer. Discuss fees, etc. And is this lawyer like uh, a Bijan phrase, or is it a is a human being lawyer? I mean, what are humans really? Yeah, I get. I see. I see what you mean by that, Cecilia. That makes sense. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. Duff, you have my contact info, right? Like. You can get it to her, like from your like your book or sure, whatever. Sure, sure. I'll oh, be I'll be happy yeah, okay. to, to do okay. that for you, Casey. I will pass that right along to. Thank you. I really appreciate that. This is this is this is I. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be totally there's, a, there's a certain thing that I that I've seen um, some some women do in public with uh, with with a very small dog, uh, Cecilia, and I'm just. Boy, it's so hard to ask these kinds of things because I really feel like I'm prying here. But are you the kind of person who kind of keeps your dog in like a little bag that you carry around? And when you like kiss your dog, do we see way too much dog on human mouth stuff going on? Well, I don't like physical touch, so no. But yes, there are many purses involved. Oh, okay, sure, a purse dog. Everybody loves a purse dog, right, Casey? That purse dog is a is a is a undeniably uh ridiculous thing to look at i mean and what who can't love a purse dog (laughs) i yeah i ask myself that all the time duff i'm really happy you brought you brought us together to talk about this Uh, this could be the 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 interview that really changed the course of your serendipitous It could I, be. Yeah, it, this could absolutely. change the course of, of both y'all's lives, for all I know. Can I ask you something about? You said his name is Mister Fluffy Pants, right? Yes. Uh, is he in? Is he in good health? What's the current status of Mister Fluffy Pants? It's kind of his, you know, life cycle and where he is on his time on this earth. He is four four years old, so that translates to I don't know twenty five thirty. Math is math is not important. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just gotta gotta count one one scoop of kibbles, two scoops of kibbles, then you're all done, right? That's your counting for the day. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, why don't you go ahead and give Mister Fluffy Fans big hug and a kiss from all of us here at Play by Year? 
Casey, I can I please just say thank you from the bottom of my, he- my heart for coming on this little rinky-dink show I got, talking about some real art, talking about some real some real emotions, some real thoughts and feelings, and I, I wish you all the best. I can't wait for that next book. Uh, unless you're in a place where you really don't want to talk about it because you're like, I'm ruined. It's terrible. I'm not going to make it. No, no, it's, it's, it's in the works. It's in the works. And, you know, new projects are coming up all, all the time, you know, so who's, who knows what it wants, what it's, what it's going to be. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I, uh, I don't complain. I got a deadline in March, by the way. Um, in, um, in March of, it, of next year. If, and, and I right, tell you, that's right. You're under the radar. You're, you're under the, under the, the, the cutoff point because the, the cataclysm doesn't happen until the end of the year. So you do have to hit that deadline. Uh, but I will say thank you both so much. You're a couple of fascinating gals and I'd love to have both y'all on anytime you wish to, uh, I'll say open invitation for you, Casey and Cecilia. Uh, you, you, you have my contact information that takes us to the end of this little chat show block here on play it by year. Uh, because I don't know. It just felt like a natural resting point. We only have one more block of music. God dang, are we ahead of schedule tonight? Here's the thing, y'all. 1960, the average pop song was two to two and a half minutes long. So we are we are snappy today. This is a snappy program for 1969. And I'm really excited about this one because I feel like we did chanson. I feel like we did hard bop. I feel like I was asking you to kind of expand and listen actively and 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 you know, try to see music through it through an unusual prism that you might not be used to. This last block, though, everybody can just have a good old time because this is the pop soul block. Pop soul uh, was kind of retroactively given a name given to this transition period that was happening after doo wop. You know, a, a mid R and B, but before like the real kind of heavier soul records that, that the later 60s would be known for. Uh, so you're going to hear some soulful singing. You're still going to hear some trace elements of, of doo-wop and, and, and of course, of, uh, of R&B music. But I think I picked a pretty cool little weird block of music for y'all. I hope y'all enjoy it. It is 1960 year party like it's uh, Kennedy's inauguration and you don't know what's coming. Here on Play It By Year 1960, Pop Soul Block, Duff Dixon. <laughs> I hear something saying, uh, ah, 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 uh, that's the sound of the men working on the chain, gang, that's the sound of the men working on the chain. Gang, all day long they're saying, Ooh. Ah. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. Ah. Well, don't you know that's the sound of the men working on the chain? Gang, that's the sound of the men working on the chain. All day long they work so hard Till the sun is going down Working on the highways and byways And wearing, wearing a frown 
You hear them moaning their lives away Then you hear somebody say That's the sound of the men working on the chain Gang That's the sound of the men working on the chain Gang Can't you hear them saying mm, I'm going home one of these days I'm going home see my woman Whom I love so dear But meanwhile I've got to work right here That's the sound of the men Working on the chain Gang That's the sound of the men Working on the chain Gang All day long they're saying mm, My, 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 my My work is so hard Give me water I'm thirsty, my, my work is so hard, oh, my, 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 my work is so hard, oh, I'm in love with a boy, and his name is Harry. Harry is in love with me We sat in a park, he was gay I was blue And Harry says to me Darling, what would you like to do? Harry, let's marry
Kisses like that, What? honey. Don't you know I'm gonna give 'em right back? So that's a kiss and get away. That's a kiss and get away. Now that's a kiss and get away. Mess around and fall in love. Around and fall in 
steamy one you just heard dinah washington and brooke benton with rock and good way to mess around and fall in love before that you had benny king with harry let's marry no i'm sorry you had benny king with spanish harlem maxine brown with harry let's marry i'd love to hear benny king do a version of harry let's marry that would be something else and uh and uh we started that block off with sam cook song of course was a uh, was chain gang I had a topic tonight. My topic tonight was, uh, what's the worst job you've ever had? Of course, always remember the topics are just here to, they're, they're your friends. They're not your rules. They're not your boss. Not unlike what you probably had at the worst job you ever had. I do have a caller on the line right now. You are on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, Duff. This is Bryce. Uh, Bryce, all, to, I, Bryce all the way back I, from episode one. Yeah, yeah, we talked way back when. Thanks for hanging in there with me, Bryce. Yeah, it's been a great time. Uh, it's been a great show so far. I is really, show, I really loved your interview getting, with with Casey. Is the show getting better, or have I already kind of plateaued, or am I getting worse? You can be honest with me. I'm nothing really bruises my ego. I think the quality has been consistent throughout. Hey, that's good. That's a good. That's a good yeah. answer. Even if it was political, it still it still doesn't feel like you're like blowing smoke <laughs> at me or anything. So at least it's not like you know, Duff. Every week, I think he can't do it again. He can't no, get it, better than that last perfect show, and then he does it. So at least I feel like it's you know, marginally nah. believable. <laughs> Every block has been going running smoothly. It's yeah, been, this it's is been technically nice to crawl into one, the right? to a timestonaut's head. It feels like having tried to to pilot a device as kind of technically overwhelming as the recontinuator, I should be better at the Mixler and Skype console than I am. And yet, it does. It seems like I really do fumble with it from time to time. I don't care. Whatever. I found Mixler's interface to be pretty unfriendly. Just trying to sign up so I could get in on the chat. And the search is no good neither. It's just kind of like it's 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 sir it's footing the bill, but it's not like earning that that fifty percent tip. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. So Bryce, I we do have a, a subject, a discussion topic tonight. Do you, does anything spring to mind for you when you think worst job I've ever had? Yeah. So I worked uh, I worked at a call center for one day when when I was <laughs> these one day uh, stints. All right. One day. I, uh, we were, we had to call, call businesses and like realtors to try to sell them on some search engine optimization gimmick. Oh no. Scam. Yeah. Where of course it is. Of I, course. I don't really know what we were selling, but I'm you sure were there it was for like, one day. yeah, it was some, and I had a script, but I'm sure it was some, some black hat thing where 
we would just get their webmaster login and then use a font that was the same color as their website's background and just write browsers or something a bunch. So can I, that, can I do you know, a can I do a vibe read on you, Bryce, and try to predict how this job came to an end after a single day? Yes. I believe that the next morning your alarm went off and you said, I'm not going back there. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I went back and, uh, so the, the, the way the, the, the call center works is there's like this, you know, panopticon where whoever is the manager, they can see how many calls you're making and you have to, you know, you have to make a certain amount of calls. You have to always be calling people. Always and, be calling, always be calling just like in that movie. <laughs> 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 and, and then if you if you got the most calls and the most sales you would get the you would get the set of steak knives but so, <laughs> right that was first prize in your version <laughs> <laughs> so, so we uh we had to always call and the guy who was like the best at calling people he got to take the most breaks <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love how self-aware that is about the misery of capitalism your reward yeah, is so, less work. So, so he got he got a he got to take the most breaks, and he he would uh, on his breaks he would hang out with the managers, and they would record raps into his iPhone, and <laughs> <laughs> he had a he had an app where they the app would create a beat based on how he rapped. So. Oh, okay, okay. So it was kind of like that. I remember Microsoft briefly tried to float this, where you would sing into a mic like, "This is a song. My name is Dave, and I'm making a song." And then it would just be like, "Bum bum bum" underneath you. So it's kind of like the right, same technology, right. right? So he would just be like, you know, like, you know, whatever rap he had about search engine optimization, and you would just get a <laughs> boom, ksh, boom, boom, ksh, boom. Ksh. <laughs> My so, name's Rapping Call Center guy, and I never tire. Your search engine optimization <laughs> should be much higher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, I'm waylaid. You keep going. What happened? Uh, so I uh, I went back the second day, and uh, I just sat in my chair at the computer, and I didn't make any calls. And then I, I stood up and I went and I talked to the manager, and I said, "I got it. I can't do this. I feel awful." doing this this like i feel so bad and the guy said hey you know sales aren't for everybody uh i am a classically trained violinist and i used to, <laughs> I used to play with a symphony orchestra and i would teach uh violin but i find i find sales to be uh more beneficial to society and more personally fulfilling because i like knowing that when the apocalypse comes, I could sell people vacuums. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Can I hit you with a theory about what was happening there, Bryce? Yeah. I think that you might be the center of a secret, like, reality show that you're not in like the Truman Show. You're in the Bryce Show. And that's a guy <laughs> who had just been cast to be like a real, like, the number three for that season. He was going to be like you know, that, that evil general on that one season of lost or whatever. And you come in, you come in, you say, I'm not going to work here anymore. He's thinking, <laughs> Oh, this was my big chance. And then he just, yeah. tried to, he just tried to cram his whole season arc into that right. one exit interview for you. I think that's what happened. And then they could engineer something where it's like, you know, they could, they could 
dangle the carrot a little closer to my mouth to keep me at the call center, you know, because because <laughs> viewers yeah. were so excited about this violinist who can sell he can sell water to a well, he can sell vacuums in the apocalypse. In in his clandestine earpiece, the producer was yelling, Bryce loves end of the world stuff. Try to try to <laughs> tie it back into that. But he messed up because I said, Oh, you were a violinist? I said, Do you like Pendereki? I said Threnody for Hiroshima is one of my favorite pieces. And he said, I don't don't know what that is. Oh, didn't do the research before he took that role. Good good choice, by the way, Bryce. That's a beautiful piece. Yes. I mean, beautiful. Is that the word I'd use? It's, it's It's like a powerful piece, I guess I would say. It's a powerful piece. It's a, it's a, it's a grim piece. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to spring another discussion topic like on you in the mil- in the moment and you absolutely have like you know the ability to just say I don't got nothing for that. It's more just an excuse for me to say what mine would be. Uh but here's the other one. What's something that you lost? Have you ever lost anything that you think about and wish you could get back? That's the question. Uh well there's you know there's of course things that I wouldn't want to go into just for the uh, the emotional uh, uh, stakes, yeah, you know, right now course, in, this, course, in this lighthearted yeah. moment. But uh, yeah, give me yours, and then and then I'll I'll, I'll think about mine. I'm, I'm sure you have many having you know well, ten billion years to lose things. Well, Bryce, I, when I was a uh, when I was a gosh a junior at Westbrook High School in uh, Beaumont, Texas. I was I did not run with the kind of the burnouts or anything like that, but there was one who I, I had a, a history of American literature class with, and uh, and he told me, hey, there's a there's a punk show down at the Grange tonight. You should come with me. So I went with with him to the show. I didn't know what the heck I was hearing. It seemed pretty bad to me, and I'm I'm sure in retrospect, Bryce, that it was pretty bad because it was a bunch of high schoolers playing punk rock music, but. Well, I was shocked because there. I mean, it was a grain show, so I think there were like fifteen bands on that night. But one of those bands, the the what, the bassist of that band was this like mathlete kid, this this total like point Dexter kid who I'd known since uh, since grade school. And his name, I want to say his name was Ryan. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. He was the bassist in a punk band, and I was like, there's a kid who brings an abacus with him to school. And here he has this, yeah. this secret second life as a, as a punk bassist. And I remember I remember talking to him afterwards, and he was telling me all about the band. He, what I lost, Bryce, was anything I can Google to figure out his name or the name of that band. Because, man, it would be so precious to me if they, if they happened to like cut a demo and I could find it on some old archive MySpace page or something like that. It might really transport me to a time and a place in my life. That would be a really powerful experience for me. I, yeah. I just wish I had anything to go on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I do have some, some Google crawling skills based on my time as a search engine optimization tech. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Let me give you, let me give you some words, some words that you might try to incorporate into a search to find the gentleman. I remember oh. one of their songs. I don't think it was their closer. It was like a five song set. One of their songs was about like, I wish I was a dairy farmer because, uh, because I, I like to get, uh, Oh, what was that? I wish I was a dairy farmer because I like to get 
my hands dirty. And I remember thinking, that's a gross thing to write. Why'd you put that in a song? But if that's helpful at all, maybe that'll lead you a little closer. I've certainly Googled versions of that before, but maybe you know some voodoo about this that I don't know, Bryce. Yeah, uh, you know, I might try. I would try the lyrics and then a plus sign, you know, and I would try innuendo and then a plus sign and I would try BBW and a plus sign and I would try uh, quarterbacks. Oh, wow. Yeah. A, a, a Maybe I'm in there. Maybe I, I'm in there. I, I would try tweed punk. <laughs> tweed punk. That's smart. That's smart. That's a good move. Bryce, we're coming to the, to the close of this show today. I, if you, if I'd like you to hang on the line with me here, I do want to get a couple of little orders of business out of the way. Of course, if y'all are listening to this live on mixler.com slash stuff, Dixon, you can also check this show out the very next day on Spotify and on iTunes. I get I, somebody told me I should ask y'all to write me a review on iTunes. That seems like a big ask, but if for some reason you find yourself motivated to do that, be my guest. Uh, uh, apparently, it's helpful. I, I really don't understand why. What I'm more interested in is is having some of y'all reach out to me. Uh, I do have an email address, and kind of in the spirit of Matt Farley, who last week gave out his personal phone number on our show, I thought maybe I should give out my personal email address on the show in case you ever wanted to, to ask me a question or share something with me about your life. Uh, that is DuffDixon87 at gmail.com i'm also on twitter at duff underscore dixon i'd love to hear from some of y'all if 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 you want to talk to me come talk to me bryce you're still with me i'm still with you okay you probably know by now i have a tradition on this show where i like to to end my program with a song by by one of the big five and i i assume based on the year we're in you might have a hunch which member of the big five i am ending the show with today the last member who i have not played a song by yet on the show so it's it's gotta be miles it's it's smiley miley (laughs) the original (laughs) he is known alternately as prince of darkness and smiley miley they are both (laughs) serve the same purpose You know, something he does have in common with Miley Cyrus is a very husky speaking voice, so maybe there's something there. Uh, Of course, Sketches of Spain came out this year, Bryce, but I kind of felt like for a playlist, uh, my choices were a little bare. But he had an incredible single this year. First of all, Bryce, let me ask you, you, do you uh, subscribe to Miles Davis? I think I remember you ranking him maybe number one on your... I ranked him number one. He he, He was number one, yeah. What about Miles? Do you think makes him like the ultimate, the ultimate of the transformative deities of pop music? Uh, well, he he's he acknowledged it himself. There's that there's that famous story. I I might not have all the beats right, you know, but he was he was at a White House dinner, whatever year, you know, and some some old white lady came up to him. And she asked him, you know, essentially, why are you here? And he said, well, you know, I reinvented music four or five times. You know, why are you here other than the fact that you're white? So, you know, Miles, he he 
knew his his genius you know and he knew the impact of it you know and i'm sure they all do kanye certainly knows his genius and the impact of it <laughs> he's very, yes he's very forthcoming with the fact that he, i think you've really hit on something though about miles davis here bryce and that yeah. is that like he was he was the self-aware blueprint for this elite figure of yeah, late he, 20th but, century he, pop culture deity yeah and he didn't let himself get complacent and and in that you know he he kept expanding and kept pushing himself he was he was never trammeled by his past accomplishments yeah and and i i I hope that over the course of this series i am able to introduce y'all to some of the many and crazy variations of what a miles davis song can sound like but for tonight bryce i think we're gonna have a real pop music moment in this man's career this is a single that he put out uh it was actually, I believe, originally on a record in a different form the year before. It's a pretty special, pretty melancholy, pretty beautiful song. This came in, in kind of the period of his career that is described as his modal period. We'll get into what modal jazz means somewhere down the line, I'm sure. <laughs> but instead, I would just invite y'all to to join me and Bryce with Miles to listen to him. Get right into your heart. Put, put melodies together that nobody else could. This is like still traditional Miles. This is everybody's on board. Nobody's alienated yet. Everybody agrees. Miles Davis, you're still the man. Later down the line, he's going he's gonna to start drawing some lines, and some people are not going to understand it. Uh, Bryce, I thank you so much for calling in, man. Call back anytime. Yeah. Um, I'm going to leave you with that. 1960, this is It Never Entered My Mind by the Miles Davis Quintet. Enjoy it, y'all. Love y'all. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Next week, we'll be back for 2018. Gonna look all the way back to two years ago. Who'd have thunk it? All right, y'all.
Yeah. <laughs>